Welcome back to G5 Football Daily, the audio accompaniment to our coverage on the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network. Joe Londrigan here with you as always. Got a great little episode for you guys today. I'm going to chop it up with Eric Henry of 247 Sports in a second. And later on in the show, we've got uh, another big guest for for the show. We we haven't gotten too many ex-NFL guys on in the past, but we've got another one today. We've got Robert Turbin. Ex uh, Seahawks running back, ex Utah State running back, current CBS Sports analyst, and uh, he's going to talk some Conference USA, some Mountain West, and some other good stuff with us uh, later in the show. But before we get to that, Eric Henry, you've been traveling a lot, quite a bit, doing uh, doing the old Big Twelve beat, uh, getting to see a little bit of uh, the lovely Kansas City. I hear Joe Londergan appreciate you having me on your lovely podcast. This fine podcast it is on a beautiful. Friday, coming to you live from H-Town, Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, Joe, if I, if I say who, what do you say? Stun? Oh, God. Who? <laughs> no, who? I, I don't. Mike Jones. Oh, well, okay. You tricked yeah, that, me. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's, I'll give you a little bit of a pass because I did say Houston and you didn't pick up that. I'll give you a little <laughs> bit of a pass, Joe. A little bit of a pass because I know – while your hip hop taste might not be the most extensive, I know you can get Mike Jones. Nevertheless. Uh, yeah, I, but, yeah, that's my era, but oh, <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. That's that, no, that's that's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been quite a bit of travel. I, mean, I was in town for the Texas Houston game, but earlier this week I was in Kansas City making the Big Twelve rounds. Big Twelve hoops, uh, arguably one of the best men's basketball leagues in the nation had their media days in kansas city and sir you know i have known you fine sir for a long time now a little over a half decade and you know for listeners who may be new to this podcast um but you know i haven't heard joe and i in the past we tend to have different philosophies on on food now that's not to say that we have different appreciations for food we both love food but um i'm very much you know 85 percent of the time a grilled chicken rice uh you know brussels sprouts kind of guy a lot of meal prep in my life uh joe maybe not so much um and then joe and i have the kind of relationship where i can say that however right however however um the thing that i was disappointed that joe had not told me about that i had to discover on my own was kansas city barbecue and i have got about two and a half minutes shout out to slaps barbecue not even getting sponsored for this but i will gladly take an nil deal for journalists if they are handing them out because i went back twice joe i mean first off and and listen you know any texans or texas residents who listen to this podcast who want to correct me and point me in the in the direction of somewhere great i'm all ears but in my now four months in texas i have not had I mean, listen, shout out to Rudy's Barbecue. Rudy's is always solid, you know, solid choice. Rudy's uh, typically caters uh, Conference USA Media Days back when they were at the Star um, uh, up in uh, Irving. But, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I have not had just why I'd say knock my socks off like, man, this is tremendous barbecue, Joe. But, you know, being in Kansas City, I was like, all right, got to try it, right? You know, I've been to the Carolinas. I've been to Nashville. And prior to this, Nashville had the best of – you know, kind of that Southern cooking slash barbecue. Mm. Um, but Joe slaps. I mean, first off, there is a, the, the, I guess I should start with here. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What makes good barbecue for you? I guess we should establish that first before I go much further. 
Oh man. In terms of like the meat or like the whole package? I'm, I'm going to let you answer because I think you just kind of hit the nail on the head where I was going. So I'm just gonna let you answer however you want to answer. Yeah. I mean, with barbecue, I, I, this might sound obvious to like people that make their own barbecue and like make their own barbecue well, but like that meat that you can tell, like it's been cooking like low and slow, like all day, like you cannot rush good barbecue. Um, so that, that's for me, like where the meat is like tender and like fatty and just like pulls apart in your hands. That's, that's good barbecue for me. That's usually a good indicator. Yeah. And then I mean, like basically like good barbecue is messy, right? Like just the big giant plate of sides. Every time I see people at like places in like Denver or (laughs) even Nashville's got their own like kind of spot who like has these like really hipster, like clean meat plates of barbecue i'm like yeah no thank you <laughs> i want like a just like a truck to back up to my table and just dump whatever in front of me and i just shovel it in like <laughs> that that's the ideal barbecue experience for me anyway okay so here's the thing and i, I love what you said there as far as the meats are concerned because mm-hmm. i don't think joe prior to kansas city i'd had that true in terms of like the brisket and the ribs just slow cooked i mean joe i picked up the rib and that meat just slid right off. And that mm-hmm. right there was an experience that I was like, okay, this is going to be special. Now, the second part I want to get to this is this. The sauce. It was sauce on the side. It wasn't, you know, meat that had been pre-sauced or sauced while I was cooking. Yeah. But the Kansas City, it's a, like a hickory sweet kind of sauce, Joe. I mean, just out of this world. Amazing um, even they're kind of more like a mesquite, you know, like I wouldn't call it spicy. I mean, granted, I'm a I'm the product of two Jamaican parents, so I guess my, my tolerance for spice might be a little higher than most, but I wouldn't call it a spicy sauce. It was like a like a mesquite kind of sauce because they gave me um uh um both on the side. And just amazing. I mean, everything, the mac and cheese side was amazing. Joe, the baked beans, you you mm. you you put your your fork in the baked beans, you can tell. It's, I don't know if it's a honey or a honey barbecue, but it's got like, you, you pick it up and it's kind of, it's not like a can of baked beans. No disrespect to, you know, canned baked beans, but it's not watery, right? It's just, it, you could tell it had been cooked in something, right? Some sort of sauce. And just that was phenomenal too. Even down to the white bread that they gave me on the side, you know, the pickles, uh, onion. I mean, Joe, it, it was phenomenal. So I had uh, brisket, ribs, chicken, and I think I got mm, turkey as well. And I mean, and, and also, and also, you know, let me say this: as someone who doesn't do a lot of the uh, the barbecue eating, and and you know, when I when I go outside of my meal prep, I want uh, a heavy portion. Joe, I was given a yeah. a, a, a good sized portion. So, yeah, man. I mean, just shout out to Kansas City Barbecue. I know you said when I because I texted you. Uh, that just goes to show, Joe, how much I think of you, that you were the first person I met. <laughs> <laughs> After I had this meal, I was like, I got to tell Joe about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I know you have your own perspective on Kansas City barbecue, but yeah, man, I mean, listen, I, I, I'll, I'll, I, will, I want your perspective on KC barbecue, but I'm just going to leave it with this. So of my rankings, as of right now, I'm sorry, I got to put Texas barbecue last. Um, I got to go Carolina barbecue, um, uh, second. I was like, actually, okay. no, I got to go Carolina barbecue third, whatever I, I, the barbecue I got in Nashville, which granted Joe, to be fair, it wasn't full barbecue. I had uh, yeah. barbecue staples, but it was more like a soul food joint. 
you know? Um, yeah. That that was second. And then this KC barbecue was first. Yeah. Not surprising, man. I Everybody's got their own taste with, uh, with barbecue, but I like KC style a lot, man. And maybe just because I have a little bit of a sweet tooth. Like it's a lot of... Uh, you were you were talking about like honey and um, you know tomatoes and that kind of thing. Just, yeah, just kind of yeah. using the the stuff that's available. And like, I don't know what it is, man. KC, I am. That's where the draft is next year, or is it? Uh, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, because because I, I I believe it was in Kansas City recently, and I think it was on its way back. Um, so I know they had a great showing. So yeah, yeah, I want to go back because. I've only been to Kansas City a handful of times, and every time I've gone, I've been like, I think I had one of the top three meals I've had like this year. You know what I mean? And it's always meat. And Joe, just correct. Okay, so last year, of course, was in Kansas City. This upcoming yeah. year is in Detroit, and then uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So we got Detroit and then Green Bay. Not the same kind of barbecue in uh, <laughs> Detroit and Green Bay, unfortunately. <laughs> But cheese curds, hey, hey, listen, excellent cheese yeah. curds, Green Bay. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be too mad at Wisconsin cheese. Eric, speaking of barbecue, we got the Battle of the Bones this week. Yeah, Memphis and UAB. Quick impressions on that game, just to tie this into something G5 football related, so we didn't just talk about meat for <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah, Joe. Speaking of, uh, it's a great tie in there in terms of Memphis and UAB. It's a really interesting game, you know, in terms of uh, American Conference, in, in terms of Memphis. I, I just think, you know, we know what Seth Hennigan and uh, coming they've been able to do there. And in terms of UAB, Joe, kind of getting things back on track a little bit. You know, Trent Dilford was really in need. His program was really in need of a breakout win. And they got that against USF. So definitely going to be interested in that game. I think for Memphis, you know, at four and two, uh, they're obviously looking to make a push there in the uh, American. Um, and I think with UAB, especially you know given the things that things are kind of just i don't want to say up in the air but you know Tulane kind of seized control of of the uh the American with their win over Memphis UAB looking to kind of and and Joe almost feels like UTSA falls in this category as well two programs who were stalwarts in conference USA that i think at least for UTSA maybe not you to to a to a lesser extent UAB but still were expected to be kind of you know players, initial players in, in the American, and both of them are kind of struggling. You look at UTSA head to FAU. Um, that's an interesting game of two old CUSA foes, and now the same thing with UAB. You know, so if they can come in and knock off a of Memphis Joe, I think that almost not that it salvages their season, but at two and five, if they can knock off a team like Memphis, that's been cream of the crop in, in the American for the past few years, that's a nice feather in the cap. So definitely a, a really interesting game to to look at, and as you said, battle of the bones. Yeah, great trophy, great game. Should be interesting to see how UAB res uh, responds to the uh, tough ones they've faced the last couple of weeks. And uh, same with Memphis, who, of course, gave up the lead, or that that inside track, I should say, uh, to the AAC lead with the two-lane loss. But we'll get into that on next week. We'll probably review that game. But for now, we got to jump into today's guest, Eric, and it's Mr. Robert Turbin of CBS Sports. Here he comes. Okay, he is 
is an analyst for CBS Sports covering college football as well as the NFL. He is a Utah State Athletics Hall of Fame member. He's a Super Bowl champion. Robert Turbin, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, of course, of course. So just to start off with, you've been doing the TV thing for a couple of years. How's that transition been treating you? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's been it's been going really nicely. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, I started really during my career, second year in Seattle. I had my own radio show with uh, Cube 93, which is a local station there in Seattle. And it was the Turbo Show. And so our off days were on Tuesdays. And so every Tuesday night, I would go downtown Seattle to the station and, uh, you know, do the show. And it was cool. You know, we would talk about everything from football to relationships to, you know, you name it. We we basically talked about it and got a chance to, you know, do the whole callers thing for the first time and got comfortable with that. And I had a couple of teammates coming to the studio with me as special guests. And so, uh, that's kind of where I got my my feet wet a little bit. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years later, I'm in Indy playing with the Colts and I had an opportunity to co-host a television show called Sports Locker with Anthony Calhoun. And, you know, it was kind of then that I knew, uh, you know, this was kind of something that I'd like to pursue, uh, you know, once my career was over. And so uh, the transition, not an easy one, and it's not an easy one for any professional athlete uh, most of the time but you know I've been blessed and um, it's been a pleasure getting to uh, learn the things that I've learned so far and it's certainly been a lot of fun being able to call games do some television and do some radio stuff as well. That's such a small world thing I did not realize you had a show on 93.3 as a younger man about 10 years ago I guess I actually worked in promotions there so we probably we might have crossed paths actually. Oh is that right is that right (laughs) yeah yeah uh, I mean yeah I was a college student just handing out t-shirts, so I don't think they didn't let me talk to the talent too much, but that's that's funny that the timing worked out like that. But sounds like you've had some really great introductions to the business so far. Yeah, I, I really have. And, you know, and then I, I had an opportunity to do the, uh, the NFL broadcasting boot camp, which now they call it the media workshop, where you get to learn about, you know, uh, calling games as a color analyst on television and radio. Uh, doing in-studio stuff on set from a television standpoint, podcasting. Uh, there's a, there's an interviewing uh, portion of this workshop where they, you know, kind of teach you and show you how to ask the right questions to keep your interviewing. So uh, it was a great opportunity to learn a lot. And, um, you know, I've been able to get some opportunities from it as well. I've had my own podcast and that was really successful for a portion of time. So uh, still, still getting some tread on the tire, but, but certainly working on growing each and every day. That's awesome to hear, man. So one of the things you've been doing in your time with CBS sports, uh, since you joined the team a few years ago is, uh, doing a lot of CUSA games and you're doing more and more, uh, this year as well. So wanted to ask you, uh, as far as offensive player and a defensive player in conference USA, who's really impressing you right now? Well, offensively it's, it's Malachi Corley. And I remember I called you know, this is my second year calling games for CBS, and I did a Western Kentucky. I did a couple Western Kentucky games last year, and you know, the guy that jumped off the tape, and the guy that jumps off even in a live game is Malachi Corley. You can get him the ball anywhere on the field, and you know, he just can take it to the house, and he can run all the routes. You know, that's the thing that I really like about him: the short routes, the intermediate ones, 
and he can take you deep as well. Uh, and so Malachi stands out to me offensively. On the defensive side, um, you know, this team has not had the type of season that they, uh, you know, have wanted so far. Uh, but Tyron Williams, the linebacker there at Sam Houston, is a really impressive player. I think he's leading Conference USA in tackles right now, which is kind of ironic because I feel like that's one of the areas he can still improve his game on, especially in the open field. But when you watch him play, he is just everywhere, and he's everywhere all the time. His motor never stops. It never slows down. You can never tell when he's tired. And, you know, I've been fortunate to be able to watch him up close and personal, calling a couple of Sam Houston games and just seeing the battles. There's some really good quarterbacks that are in the Conference USA that are in other conferences as well, those dual-threat types. And he's had the task of, you know, really being responsible for these guys in a multitude of different ways from a scheme standpoint. And, you know, he's answered the call. And uh, so when you watch him, he, he really stands out. So it's Malachi Corley offensively and Tyron Williams at Sam Houston on defense. You know, it's been about, what, 12 years since uh, your last season at Utah State, I believe 2011 was that year you made uh, Offensive Player of the Year in the WAC Conference. Um, what's the biggest difference that you've seen in uh, college football now as opposed to when you played? Oh, man, I mean, what's not different? Right. You know, everything is uh, everything has changed uh, quite a bit. You know, obviously, you talk about the transfer portal, uh, I remember my one opportunity to, to transfer was in 2008. Our coaching staff was released. And at that time, you know, if you didn't want to sacrifice sitting out a year, you had to have a coaching staff that was either, you know, released or fired, you know, to be able to transfer without any penalty or your current, current coaching staff had to sign off on it. You know, well, that's different now because you can just go anywhere you want to just as long as it's, it's, it's within the time period. Then, obviously, you go to NIL. You know, if the NIL was around when I was in college, not to toot my own horn or anything like that, but, you know, there, there, there might have been some significant opportunities, uh, you know, for me, especially when you take into account where you walk into a gift shop or a pro store and you see the number six jersey everywhere you go. And so and that was me and other guys as well. Uh, so that, that certainly has – has changed, and I think the schemes have changed as well. You know, read zone, the spread offense was still relatively newer when I was in college from 2007 to 2011, and it's completely advanced now. Like, the mm -hmm. RPOs didn't exist at that time. Run pass option, it was only read option, where you either gave it to the running back or the quarterback pulled it for himself, and he would run it. But now – They've incorporated the pass option to it where you're reading the linebacker, essentially, and depending on what he does, you're either going to give it to the back or you're going to pull it and throw. And that scheme really didn't exist uh, when I was in college. So, you know, the offenses have advanced uh, a little bit as well. Is there a team you think that's running that RPO-type system really particularly well at the moment? Uh, you know what? It, it, it's done all around the league um, right now so far. Uh, there, there's not a team that really jumps off the tape. Uh, maybe Liberty, if I had to choose. Sure. I think Liberty has done a good job offensively. Caden Salters uh, running that running that offense, and he's got a multitude of weapons at the wide receiver spot. Uh, 
But he's really deceptive with the football, and I think they do a really good job with that team. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Jamie Chadwell, incorporating some of the things he did at Coastal Carolina there very well. Um, you know, when you think about the Mountain West right now, I'm curious if you've had much of a chance to watch what this current Utah State team is doing. You're on my mater. I have. I have. I saw the game last week uh, against Fresno State. And, uh, you know, obviously that was a bummer. They lost that football game. The one week before against UConn, they uh, were able to come back and find a way to win that game. They've been able to come back in a lot of ball games. actually. They're kind of known for their slow starts. and then figuring out a way to get it going um, a little bit later on in the game, particularly at the start of the second quarter. But, you know, they, they've done okay. I mean, they're, they're, I think that um, at the quarterback position, you know, you look at Cooper Lega, who came in as the original starter, and then the freshman uh, came in and essentially took his job. I think that was against Air Force, Levi Williams. And, you know, they're still trying to figure that that spot out. And whenever you're trying to figure out the quarterback position, it can be hard to find some consistency within your team. And I think for Utah State, they're still a good ball club, but struggling to find some consistency right now. You mentioned that Air Force squad, obviously good things happening there in Colorado Springs. They're ranked, they're undefeated. You've uh, you've been on hand for one or two of their games, I believe, this season. What do you think of the squad that Troy Calhoun's got right now? Well, I just think it's really impressive. Uh, and the, the job that Coach Calhoun has done is extraordinary. I think he should be considered, you know, depending on how they finish the year, as, you know, one of the coaches of, of the year. Because if you think about Air Force, they have all the disadvantages, okay? We just got done talking about NIL and transfer portal. They don't have those things to their luxury because of the, the way that their program is structured. So, you know, they can't really – uh, utilize the transfer portal in the same way that other schools can use it. They can't do the NIL stuff the way that other schools can because of the way that their program uh, is structured. Uh, and so to be at that type of disadvantage and still be able to play the way that they're playing, especially this year, to be in the position that they are undefeated, uh, it's, it's really impressive and, and a credit to the way, you know, Cal, uh, uh, Coach Calhoun coaches his team. Having been there in person for some of these Air Force games, uh, what's your take on kind of the atmosphere there? Obviously, very unique being a service academy, but it's just one of those places that not many people, you know, get to go to or really circle as a place they need to go in order to absorb, you know, college football, unfortunately. Yeah, well, first off, when you step in the booth and, and you're, you know, you look out and, you know, you look at the scenery behind the stadium, it's, uh, it's really beautiful. And the support that they have from their fan base is, you know, one of the best in the country. And, you know, winning or losing, uh, this is a, a program that, that sticks behind their team no matter what. And, you know, I, I haven't been able to experience any of the games against, like, you know, Navy or Army or, 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 or you know, those types of atmospheres. Uh, I'm sure those are, are just as crazy. But, uh, you think about, uh, you know, some of the things that they do in their student section, some of the pregame stuff. Um, it's just as good as any school across the country. Given their quarterback situation now with Zach Larry, you're uh, expected to miss some time after that uh, Wyoming win. Uh, what do you make of the next man up situation they have in Colorado Springs there? Yeah. 
well, Zach's out, so, you know, the senior, Jensen Jones, to get his opportunity. Ben Britton is also a senior as well. You know, I think Coach, one of the things that I noticed about Coach Cal, uh, Calhoun and just just with his approach with his team is, uh, you know, he doesn't make any jump start decision. He's very patient, and uh, he likes to take his time with things. I had a chance to interview him. Uh, the game that we did uh, actually was against Utah State at home. And I also did their game when they were on the road against Sam Houston. And, you know, he's just, you know, he's just uh, just like this calm, cool, collected guy. Like he doesn't, uh, there's, there's no herky-jerk about him, no no raw-raw really about him. And when it comes to making tough choices for his team, um, you know, he's going to make the right choice. Sometimes that's picking one guy. Sometimes I wouldn't be surprised to see Air Force have a two-quarterback system moving forward. Uh, but as long as he – whoever he's going to have the trust in the most, whoever he trusts in the most to execute the offense out there, that's the guy that's going to be playing. Robert, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you a couple questions real quick about your time in the NFL. Uh, you're about 10 years removed, I believe, from that Super Bowl 48 win with Seattle. I believe they've just done the, the 10th anniversary celebrations and all that. You know, what's your POV on just being 10 years removed from such a tremendous achievement for you and your teammates? Well, time, time goes by fast. That's, mm -hmm. um, that's for sure. No, it's a, it's a great, it's a great honor uh, to be just, in the conversation to be a part of the, you know, something special like that. Um, I mean, you know, what we were able to accomplish obviously was the first one in franchise history. So it makes it that much more uh, major. And, um, you know, it was, it was a great moment. Unfortunately, I was on the road calling a game. So I wasn't able to be in Seattle and participate in, you know, some of the festivities, but, you know, definitely was able to chat with some guys in our group tests and everything, you know, and everything like that. Um, so you're always appreciative of, of the moment. You know, some people ask me, like, you know, how did it feel to win? And then, and then how did it feel to lose the next year? And I tell people, I said, for me, uh, when I think about it now, you know, 10 years later or whatever it is, um, a decade later, it was just about the fact that I was able to be there in the moment. The fact that I was able to experience those moments in my life are, are, are true blessings, win or lose. And so, um, it, 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 you know, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great 10 years to reminisce. That's uh that's such a great perspective to have, you know, last question before I let you go, Robert. You've spent more time with uh, one Marshawn Lynch more than a lot of people over the years, of course, uh, in that running back room in Seattle, did some other stuff in uh, the Oakland area as well. What's uh, what's your favorite Marshawn Lynch-ism, whether it's a, something he said to you or just a, a thing he did maybe? I think that uh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> sure. So uh, I would just say, uh, I would just say, uh, you know, take care of your chicken. How about sure. that? Yeah, that, that, that's my favorite Marshawnism, which means basically handle your money with care. Okay, all right, be smart with it. Okay, but uh, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Great advice, uh, Robert Turbin. You can catch him on CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network. I believe you're on uh, SiriusXM with the NFL Network as well. Correct? Yes, sir. 
Fantastic. All right. I'll let you go. Thank you so much for your time. All right, man. Take care. All right. You too. Once again, thank you to Eric Henry for joining me today. Thank you again to Robert Turbin. Thank you to CBS Sports for setting that up. Really appreciated uh, getting the chat with both those guys. And, uh, of course, like I said, we don't uh, we don't get too many ex-NFL guys on the show, but happy that uh, we could get another one for you in addition to the uh, Kellen Moore chat we had a couple of weeks ago. But thank you all so much for listening. If you want to follow us on social media, I'm at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore. Eric is at Eric C. Henry underscore. Uh, we try to do episodes twice a week. Uh, keep coming back for more. And uh, we'll try to keep getting some uh, some guests with unique perspective on the G5 football landscape as we move through the year. Happy football watching, everybody. We'll talk to you real soon.